0: What is good? All of our listeners and viewers, welcome to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam.
1: And I'm Liz.
0: And I put the lime in the coconut. That's right, everybody. We are on episode 85. We're going to talk about is E3 2020 going to be the last? But first, we've got some segments for you. So, Liz, how you doing?
1: I'm good yeah
0: Good-ish. You seem confused about my intro.
1: I'm not confused. I just <laughs> I just love you.
0: I put the lime in the coconut. I
1: get that.
0: Yeah. I get I'm, that. I'm drinking the uh, the buy flavor. That's uh, a coconut lime flavor. I thought I wouldn't like it, but then you brought up the song one time. I'm like, oh, yeah. You put the lime yeah, in the he's coconut. like,
1: I think that's a weird combination. I'm like, there's a whole song about them being together. Tastes pretty good but i'm good the weather's been really crazy this week and it has been i've had a headache since monday and the past two days it's turned into a migraine by the end of the day so yeah i'm I'm getting through yeah i'm ready to sleep in tomorrow catch up on my sleep and hopefully get rid of this this headache this week-long headache
0: (laughs) i have a 7 a.m shift
1: you have fun with that. Me and Flicky are gonna stay home and cuddle and watch the snow. Yeah. Hopefully it snows tomorrow. That'll make it like the perfect Saturday.
0: Well, now you just uh pulled back the curtain. We're not recording this on Mondays anymore. We used to. We've
1: talked about that before, I probably.
0: Yeah, probably. I mean Yeah, we, we used
1: to do it on Mondays because we both had off on Mondays.
0: Oh well, also because it was just the audio version for uh for yeah. a while, but now we have to that was so easy edit a video.
1: So I do that on Saturdays. Yeah.
0: Hi, welcome to YouTube. If you haven't yet, subscribe, hit the notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out. Uh, I think that brings us to, you know, our little bit of announcements before we get into our first segment.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: So uh, let's just talk about that. We're on social media. Do you know that, that we're on social media? We're on Twitter. At Gaming Groceries, but you can also follow us individually. I'm at Ace the Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. But you can also follow us on Instagram. Games and Groceries, all one word. We can check out uh, some little things here and there. I'm going to try posting more gaming memes. I used to.
1: I need to get the access to that Instagram still. You do. I do? No, you have
0: it on your phone. I
1: do? Yes. Oh, I need to start posting more pictures of Floki. Yeah.
0: I'm going to post more gaming memes.
1: I'm going to post more pictures of Loki.
0: But you can also follow us on Facebook. You can search for us on Facebook. And you can check out our website, gamesandgroceries.com, where you can check out all the podcast episodes from the website and find out w- where you can listen to all of the audio versions of the, websi- or of the podcast. Good job, Adam. Um, but yeah, so check out the website there. And as I said before, if you're watching this on YouTube, definitely hit that subscribe button and a notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out. Uh, as well as if you're listening to all the audio versions like iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening to us from, uh, definitely hit that subscribe button. There is a subscribe right there. Spotify also has it. You know, follow us on Spotify. Boom. Let's do it. And also check us out on Radio Public. Radio Public actually directly helps the show a lot. So if you listen to us on the Radio Public app, you're actually directly helping us on the show just by listening to us from the Radio Public app. Um, I think that's all I needed to say about that, right? That's all the announcements that we have.
1: I think so.
0: Yeah. Uh, be on the lookout, by the way. I'm going to be, like, hinting at this. Uh, we are planning a rebranding mm-hmm. of the show, so keep your eyes on that. But, uh, yeah, we'll explain that more when the time comes. Yeah. But for now, let's just jump into our first segment. Movie Minutes. Movements is a segment that we talk about the movies in the past week that we've watched, and we watch it on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, or in theaters, and we like to recommend it or we don't recommend it. And this week, we actually took the time, we did it, Mm -hmm. we took the time to watch The Irishman on Netflix. It is on there. It is a long movie. It is very long. Liz, opening thoughts.
1: It was a mob movie.
0: It was a mob movie.
1: It was three hours.
0: It was three and a half hours.
1: Three and a half hours?
0: It was three hours and twenty-nine minutes.
1: Wow. Runtime. It was long. Mm -hmm. Um.
0: But like without credits, it was three hours, twenty minutes. I'm sorry. It was aight. Yeah.
1: That's all I gotta say.
0: Well, let's talk about it. Um, Opening
1: thought. It was aight.
0: My first note on it is that the runtime. It is indeed a three and a half hour movie. Yeah. But and I like what Jeremy John said about this because I, I watched a couple of reviews, just kind of processing my own.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, usually, I'll write notes while I'm watching the movie, but yeah. this is a movie I wanted to pay attention to, and
1: yeah, we assumed that since it was it had so many, it has ten Oscar nominees, yeah, um, so we nine just or ten, yeah, it, it has ten. Oh, okay, um, because Netflix said it was up for, um, drama, and nine more, so yeah. that's ten.
0: But, like, um, I forgot to look were, it up, though.
1: We were just, like, expecting, like, just, like, mind-blowing. So we mm-hmm. really wanted to focus on this as much as we could, which is why you weren't taking notes.
0: But Jeremy Johns made a good point that there's not a lot from this movie that you can really take out of it.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Because it all worked with what the story was trying to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, because of if of it being on Netflix... It wasn't a theater experience. I think they should have chopped it up to a three-part miniseries. Yeah. Rather than like a three-and-a-half-hour movie because – and instead of it being like episodes, put it as intermissions. Yeah. Because all of a movie works. By the end of it, it yeah. all pays off. There's like,
1: not one part that you're saying, eh, I could have done without it. It all it needed all the parts to make sense, and it was a good – Because it's his
0: entire life. Yeah,
1: and it was a good entire. story yeah but Mm -hmm. it was just a little long for netflix
0: right and that's the thing there's a long
1: in general three and a half hours it's a long movie
0: there's a lot of moving parts in this movie there's there's a lot of moving parts in the life of the irishman Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but you know that's that's what i mean there's not a lot to take away from this there's not a lot to chop up there are some parts that kind of run a little longer than they should, but there's not a lot that you would say like that can be
1: yeah, taken like, out. It's not like other movies that we say, oh, it was so long. There were like five things that could have been cut out of it. Nothing needed to be cut out.
0: It's not It's chapter just, two.
1: It was just too long.
0: Yeah. So let me go into my second note here. Now, I'm a big, big fan of. Mm-hmm. of mob movies it's one of my favorite genres
1: we watch pretty much any mob movie we can find yeah we love them
0: i don't think i've ever showed no i did i showed you road to perdition if i haven't i'll watch it again and again say, and I again i don't
1: think you have road because to perdition i love mob movies i just haven't gotten around to watching a lot of them
0: we'll have to watch road to perdition again okay. uh so i don't want to say this in a way of like saying like oh it's just just like this one but hear me out this is this feels like a modern age goodfellas Mm -hmm. if it really does it feels like if martin scorsese who directed this wanted to make goodfellas in the modern day with modern day technology Mm -hmm. that's what it is yeah because it's some of the same cast it's got robert de niro it's got um joe pesci and it's martin scorsese and even more so just like goodfellas it's an Irish boy going into the Italian mob. Yeah. And and to me, it felt, and and it's a, it's a, an an epic in his journey in the mafia and how he was affected it. And at the end, it's him telling the story. Mm -hmm. It just felt like it followed the same kind of beats as Goodfellas did. And that kind of upset me a little bit because we just came from watching last week's movie minutes was 1917. And 1917 felt like it was a fresh take
1: oh my gosh, yeah. on
0: war movies. Yeah. It was an over the shoulder, one shot kind of World War I, which not a lot of movies go on. Mm-hmm. It was a fresh take on a war film where this felt like the good old days of mob movies, yeah. which isn't a bad thing. And they thing.
1: used, I think the, my biggest problem was that they used the same guys they've been using in mob movies since the guy, these guys were young.
0: Mm-hmm. Like Al Pacino's in, there, in it. Yeah,
1: you got Al Pacino, you got Joe Pesci, you got Robert De Niro. Like you got all the same guys. You
0: got Ray Romano, who's always been in those mob that movies. That was a su-
1: that was a surprise. When you said yeah. Ray Romano was in it, I was like, "Well, there's that's different." They just took all the Italians in Hollywood and threw them in this movie. Yeah.
0: <laughs> By the way, <laughs> let's talk about this. Robert De Niro does not pass as Irish. Yes,
1: that's what I was getting to. That yeah. So. Robert De Niro plays the Irishman. And the yeah. way they play off his undeniable Italian accent was that he fought in the war in Italy, so he had that Italian influence in his dialect.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I fought in the war in Italy. That's why I have I'm this. I'm like,
1: what? I'm like, seriously. And then, like, the thing is, for this, they had to use de-aging software mm-hmm. because he's not that young anymore where he can pass for younger and they can make him look older. They kind of had... To do you use that dh right. And i'm just like why there are so do you know how common irish heritage like how common it is to find an irish person you can't find one person who looks and speaks uh, like in an irish matt damon yeah
0: yeah easily but you couldn't find even or mom even if you ben couldn't Affleck. even, get,
1: even if, yeah anyway it's irish it is so easy to get someone who at least looks and talks more irish mm-hmm. than robert de niro who has that undeniable italian accent mm-hmm. like
0: yeah by the it's way it's just
1: so annoying and you could have gotten a young guy and aged him like they did everyone else because everyone had to be aged anyway mm-hmm. even more than they already are like they had to be aged to like their 90s or in 80s so like It's just, I was just so annoyed. I was like, why do we, why did, and they were like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I fought in in the war in Italy. So, you know, that's why I have an Italian accent. No. Yeah. That's not how it works. (laughs) Not how it works. Drove me crazy.
0: By the way, uh, just to get you more excited about Road to Perdition, it's about the Irish mafia.
1: (gasps) I've only ever seen Italian mafia. And Tom Hanks
0: is a bad guy. And it's yeah, got Paul really Newman, who's one of my favorite actors of all time.
1: But I really want to
0: see it. I'm just gonna read my final note here yeah. and then we're gonna go into our final ratings. I love
1: my movies. I just can't get enough.
0: Um also it kind of followed the beats of uh, Once Upon a Time in America, but that that's another one. Um but this was a lot more centered on how the mafia influenced politics. This is a lot more political. Oh, yes,
1: it did than focus any other- on that more than the gang. Right side of it, it was more of like their influence on just American culture as a whole.
0: Mm-hmm. So it was a lot more political. It was a lot more, um, like what you said, American culture than any other mob movie. But in the end, this was just another Scorsese it was mob, another mob movie. movie. Yeah. So let's go into our final ratings. What did you give it?
1: I gave it a seven. Okay. Because a decent movie. Yeah, it wasn't. I did. I honestly at the end of it, I did not feel like it was a waste of time. Yeah. It was a decent movie. Will I watch it again? No, I'll probably choose to watch a different mob movie yeah. if I'm in that mood. Road to Perdition. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it, w- and it, it was decent. Like I said, it was decent. Mm-hmm. It's not a waste of time. It has all the great actors in it that make a great mob movie. Yeah. And the story is very interesting. Yeah,
0: it was very engaging. It was
1: just that it was if you're like, there are so many mob movies, like we said, there are just so many mob movies out there at this point, if you're going to make one and if you're going to make it that long, you need to have a new take on it. Yeah. And yes, they had the more political side of it, mm-hmm. but they didn't focus on that. If they had really driven that, yeah, that would have been fine. But it just wasn't a big enough new take on mob movies for it to be worth. Mm-hmm. It wasn't worth it almost.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I gave it a seven and a half. I gave it just above you because one, again, mob movies, any kind of mob movie, is one of my favorite genres mm-hmm. of all time. Um, it might be my favorite. I, I absolutely love it. You do, I do. Uh, but that's the thing. I think I gave it a seven and a half just because I love I I love the genre, mm-hmm. and I love Martin Scorsese, and I love Robert De Niro. I really do. I think I every actor really played his. Especially Al Pacino's character, mm-hmm. Jimmy Hoffa, like he actually do it he did a fantastic Jimmy Hoffa, by the way. Um I think everybody did their part yeah. well. It's just that at the end it just it felt disappointing in the way of just like this is just yet another mob movie.
1: Yeah. And even though, yes, it was loosely based on true events. Right. That doesn't mean they still could have taken it in taken it in a way that would have made it more interesting and to make it not just another mob movie because and even if this guy's life was mm-hmm. very interesting if you can't make it different from any other mob movie then is it was it worth the right. time and money to make it if it's whereas, just like every other mob movie that's already been made
0: whereas 1917 was like it was brilliantly made yeah it was very breathtaking mm-hmm. And then just coming out of that, this felt like it yeah. was just another. So again, this was the Irishman. It's on Netflix. I recommend it. Yeah, I recommend, recommend it, it if you're really interested in seeing it. I don't think it, it's, it's going not to disappoint a waste you. Of time. Yeah, it's not going to disappoint you. It's just going to make you feel like,
1: eh. It was good. And this is a fair warning. Like now, you know, you're like, we were expecting to be mind blown because it had so many like nominations and everyone mm-hmm. was talking about it. So now, you know, it's not going to be mind blowing. Yeah. Maybe it won't be as disappointing as it was for us.
0: Yeah. So again, it's on Netflix. Check it out. Uh, also, like if I were to make another recommendation, I've been saying it all throughout this *Road to perdition. It's got Tom Hanks, Paul Newman. Uh, um, uh, Dang it. Judd Law. Ju- Jude Law. Jude Law. Jude Law. Judd Law. Judd Law. <laughs> uh, it's got Jude Law in it. It's great. So if you're not watching this, watch Road to Perdition. uh I think it's a good time to jump into our next segment. Top 3 Gaming News. The Top 3 Gaming News is the gaming news that we saw in the past week, and we like to rank it 3-2-1 just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in that game's industry. So... Getting right into it, you just heard us talk about movies. This is a video game podcast where we talk about video games. Um yeah. but let's let's just go into our number three gaming news. Oh good. Thanks, Windows. Jeez. What are you doing?
1: So inconsiderate.
0: Du-du-du-du. Anyways, so Ubisoft. Uh let's talk about them. Ubisoft wants to make games more unique. By restructuring its editorial team.
1: Nice, nice.
0: And this is pretty interesting. By the way, it's all linked down below. I did not link the original article because I think this this is a more condensed article. Yeah. Uh, it does link it to the original article. So if you want to read that, it's linked down below and it's linked within the article. So definitely check that up.
1: Oh, the link to the link.
0: Yeah. So let's just talk about this. A lot of complaints have come up about Ubisoft games, that they're the same game over and over again. Uh, It's the same. It follows the same beats, same design structure. And that's totally true from Assassin's Creed to Far Cry to Watch Dogs. uh, All these kind of follow the same beat, even including Ghost Recon, Uh, Ghost Recon and The Division. They're all kind of in the same structure, and it frustrates players to the Mm -hmm. point where they've, had really bad sales numbers uh more recently and ubisoft has heard this and they confirmed its truth by the way in this in this article um and they're planning on redesigning it not only by uh delaying their games but they want to make their games more unique and restructuring the way they do it so uh, this is coming from an anonymous source. I told uh the Video Game Chronicles, which is the original article. Uh, the quote says this: in previous in the previous system, that editorial had uh that editorial had good job, Adam. Uh, there were often ideas of just one or two people getting uh, getting put into every game. So often ideas of just one or two people. That's it mm-hmm. of all the franchises. And it says that's why you tended to see such similarity because it's the same taste and opinion being replic- replicated in yeah. each franchise. Yeah. So that's why you'll see it because one or two people would put their input in. Yeah. And it all came from uh, Sergey uh, has cut has has is it um, has got to go. Um, Jeez. I said I would say it. I know uh it's a, sure has um wh- he'll no longer be the ultimate say he's still going to continue being the lead creative officer of ubisoft but now he's going to oversee
1: yeah like he'll be the guy in charge of the whole team
0: of all the teams of every franchise yeah so he's going to be the top of the umbrella
1: he's the big guy
0: yeah he's going to be overseeing The vice presidents of the editorial teams. Yeah. So, what do you think about this?
1: I think that's really great of Ubisoft Mm -hmm. to take in that criticism and not be like, "Well, we do that." Like, because like so many companies do that, especially in the video game world. We have so many companies that Mm. just like, "Oh, well, you don't understand." And they're just like, "You know what? You're right. We have only had two people doing this, and that's probably not the great best idea." Because mm-hmm. two people can only come up with so many different ideas. Yeah. So they're like, you know what? You're right. And they're taking that in and they're fixing it to provide their consumers with better content. Exactly. And I think that's great. Especially, like I said, in this day and age with the different companies and developers we have that don't take that criticism like that. Yeah. So it's very nice. It's refreshing.
0: It is nice. Uh L- that goes to say, as me, as being a pretty big Ubisoft fan, I think this is a great thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Kudos to you. That's me clapping for Good you, job, Ubisoft. Guys. So, let's go into our number two gaming news. Uh, this brings a tear to my eye. Very bad news. Very bad news for your boy. I ate yeah. him. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 delay to... September. No. That's okay by me because April was packed. Uh, Man, but this is such a big delay. I know. Uh, But yes, Cyberpunk 2077 is delayed until September. I believe September 20, uh, September 17th is when a new one is. It was originally going to be April 16th. But now it's being delayed to September.
1: But like we always say, mm-hmm. delaying it means that it's more likely that we'll get a better game,
0: mm-hmm.
1: more complete game.
0: Well, that's what I want to go into with our quote here. And it's actually pretty interesting what they say. Now, to start things off, it is officially delay season. We've already got delays for the Final Fantasy VII remake. Mm-hmm. We got a delay for the Avengers game. Uh, and everybody was just asleep for that. They were just like, fine, I don't really care. Yeah uh but cyberpunk then gets delayed now the reason behind this is actually pretty cool so uh oh zoomed in too far <laughs> um this uh this is a statement from uh from the creators behind CD project red we are currently at a stage where the game is complete and playable but there's still work to be done night city is a massive uh, is massive full of stories content places to visit, but due to the sheer scale and complexity of it all, we need more time to finish play. here's the focus part, play testing, fixing, and polishing. Uh, We want Cyberpunk 2077 to be our crowning achievement for this generation. And postponing launch will give us uh, the precious months we need to make the game perfect.
1: Another refreshing game news.
0: Now, it has been followed up, though, that this actually requires CD Projekt Red developers to have more crunch time, actually.
1: That's not as refreshing.
0: Crunch time pay-in.
1: But mm-hmm. as consumers. Yes. That is a very refreshing article, especially after yeah. all this craziness, because all we've talked about the past year, two mm-hmm. years whatever has been about how horrible fallout was
0: well like here's the thing not just the past year but this i feel like the the motto for this past generation of games Mm -hmm. has been it needed more time in the oven yeah like from oh
1: we're gonna have day one patch oh you know we'll have a patch out a month after release whereas this it seems like they're really trying hard to not need a day one patch or even a patch Closely after release. Mm -hmm. They want to release a complete game. Yeah, And I love that because, and I've preached about this before on the podcast, where I hate that people rely on today's technology. Be like, well, we can patch it later. Whereas back when we were younger, that wasn't an option and you had to release a finished game. Mm -hmm. So I like that they're still in that mindset that they should release a finished game and not rely on today's technology to fix it later. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And that's just it. Is that, like, I think it's refreshing because like what you said, let like, you know, finish it later. Uh, Todd Howard said, like, it's not how a game releases. It's how, it's what the game becomes, which is such bullcrap. Yeah. Stop it, Todd. Stop it. <laughs> Whereas, you know, you have, um, oh, man, the guy behind Nintendo. Um Oh, man, I'm going to lose gamer points with this. But the guy who designed Mario, the the, the big man, um, I'm losing his name in my head, whatever. But he said, you know, a delayed game is eventually good, mm-hmm. but a rush game is uh, forever bad. Yeah. And that's the thing. I like what they said here in their quote, like, we need more time to play test, to fix and to polish, mm-hmm. not to finish our development.
1: Yeah, the game is done. They could release it on time, but they want to make it perfect yeah. for release.
0: And by the way, this whole, you know, like, oh, CD Projekt Red has more crunch time. We've already known that CD Projekt Red is a pretty bad company to work with. This isn't shocking news, by the way. Mm-hmm. CD Projekt Red has already been in the news for being a horrible place to develop games in. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. I have 53 subscribers, so this ain't getting to them. <laughs> You're a horrible place to work, CD Projekt Red. If we get famous someday and this podcast comes out and they're going to quote me, um, that's fine. I don't really play your games anyway, except for Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> and also Witcher 3 currently. Um, but yeah, um, this is good. And I think it's been positive reviews so far, yeah. except for the whole crunch time thing. But yeah, that, it, it is what it Yeah. is. Um, let's just jump into our number one gaming news, though. Uh, because it's going to lead into our big topic about E3. Yeah. But it's been announced. Guess what? Oh, surprise, surprise. Uh, Sony. They're bumping out of E3 for the second year in a row. Even on the eve, as this article says, on the eve of PS5 release. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, there have been rumors that come out that says that the that the reveal of PS5 is less than four weeks away. Which is kind of crazy.
1: I'm always.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they, they've they said that, like, nope, we're skipping out on mm-hmm. E3 2020. Uh, and before I even talk about this, I, I think it's important to read the quote because uh, when this quote came out, we were actually uh, heading into church. And, like, we were about to enter the doors. I'm like, whoa, they, uh, they bought. Yeah, we went on Monday night because I work on Sundays. Um but they were, just, they were just like, I was like, wow, they're, they're cutting out. But then I read the quote. I was like, oh, shots fired. <laughs> I just want to read this, this statement from SIE, uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment. After a thorough evaluation, SIE, Sony Interactive Entertainment, has decided not to participate in E3 2020. Fair enough. We have great respect for the ESA. ESA, of course, is the ones who put on E3. Uh, The ESA as an organization, they're good. We're friends. But we do not feel the vision. The vision of E3 2020 is the right revenue for what we are focused on this year. We will build upon our global event strategy in 2020 by participating in hundreds of consumer events across the globe. All across the globe, except for E3 2020. Our focus is on making sure fans feel a part of the PlayStation family and have access to play their favorite content. We have a fantastic lineup of titles coming to PS4. We have announcements, just not coming to E3. And with the upcoming launch of PlayStation 5, we are truly looking forward to a year of celebrating, uh, of celebration with our fans. And I was like, wow. We're going to do
1: all this without E3. Mm.
0: There's a lot to take away from this statement. There's so much to take away from this statement. For one, saying they're like, listen, we respect you. You're fine. You're great. But we're going to go to every single event across the globe except for you. Because you suck. And it's just like, holy crap. They just put that out publicly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. (laughs) And they even say, we have a fantastic lineup of titles coming to PlayStation 4. It's not like they
1: don't have anything to announce at E3. They have a ton of of things to announce, including PlayStation 5 and what they have in store for. But they're just like, meh, we'll pass.
0: It's a very wow moment. (laughs) Wow. But I remember reading that statement when the news came out. I was like... Um I don't think this is a big surprise. It is a bit of a shock. Yeah. But what's saying is that like they let me just read the quote directly uh, of what they say. Um we do not feel the vision of E3 2020 is the right revenue.
1: Venue. You keep saying revenue. It
0: says ERPs you dinkles. ERPs. Uh E3 2020 is the right uh venue. I like how it says the vision of E3 2020. So yeah. they know what ESA is putting on, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, duh. Like, of course they know. But like they just said they heard it and they said, we got to go. We pay us. Yeah. I do not want to go to there. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, E3. Yeah. And it, and it brings up a lot of conversation. And that's why we're going into the big topic. Um, is that a lot of people are saying like this spells the end of E three. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we want to talk about. Uh any any final thoughts before I transition into our big topic?
1: Um, even though that this like the the reasoning was more of a shock, I wasn't surprised when you said that they weren't gonna be in E three this year. No, it's not shocking. Because they weren't in it last year. Mm-hmm. And I just I honestly when you said it, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot that that was the thing
0: mm-hmm. that
1: like that they don't that they're not doing E three anymore. So like it didn't actually shock me that they weren't going. So. No,
0: it's not shocking at all. Um, that's the thing. A lot of people say that this spells the end for E three. No one's gonna respect it anymore. But uh that's why I want to go into about our thoughts about uh the end of E three being in twenty twenty. But I think this is a good time to transition into it. So. Right off the cusp, Sony's leaving E3, does spell the end of E3 2020, going into our final segment. Time. Every single week here on the Games and Groceries podcast, we like to bring up uh, little gaming uh, topics or, you know, little things from the gaming industry like female gamers or game preservation. And we like to talk about it for a half an hour or so. Uh, sometimes with guests. Uh, this week, we don't have a guest to talk about this. Uh and yes, uh I do understand that the internet we have now, we did move. Uh the internet we have now is uh causing some issues with uh with some of our guests. He
1: doesn't like guests.
0: So I am figuring out how to make a solution for that. Um that's not that's not why we don't have a guest this week. It's just that I understand. Uh it's a little bit hard to listen to with that little feedback that goes yeah. through. Uh, and I'm working on fixing it. So we'll get there. We will get there. But this week we're talking about, is this the end of E3 uh, coming up in 2020? And I think we we always define our topics before we start the conversation. Yeah. So let's talk about what E3 was designed to do. Mm-hmm. I will have linked down below. I, yes. Uh, applause for Adam. Woohoo! Uh, my favorite article that I've ever written on the website is the state of E3, mm-hmm. and I put a lot of That's research behind. One. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a long article. I put a lot of research behind it, but I'm very proud of it. I I, I love the way I wrote it, and part of it I researched was what was E3 even designed to do in 1995. Excuse me, and CES at the time, CES 1994, was really pushing back.
1: It was video only games. one when it started.
0: Yeah. I was three. I was a little wee baby item. But here's the thing. CES 1990, uh, 1994 pushed back video games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it put them in the back corner saying that like, this is just kind of like an afterthought. And the rise of E3 was actually built in so that finally video games have a platform mm-hmm. to be taken seriously. So like, what, what do you think about that? You've read my article before.
1: Um, I haven't, I mean, I, I read the article, but that was a long You
0: didn't time. memorize it word for word? You didn't I mean, take it to I heart? I don't
1: even remember you... what I did yesterday. Okay? Oh, okay. And you want me to remember something I read a year ago? Yeah. No. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah. How I got through four years of acting in high school, I don't know. But. Yeah. Um. I think that was, you know, that was good. And I think it did help video games. It did. Back it, in 1990. So it started in 1995. It started. E3, so I was, start, two. I was turning two. Yeah. E3 but,
0: 1995 was the very first one. Um, and that's the thing. that That's what really pushed video games forward because that was the rise mm-hmm. of PlayStation. Yeah. And I'm going to get to that in a, in a bit. But the whole reason why E3 was a thing. I don't know why I'm holding a highlighter get out Not
1: even what what now it's behind the bookcase and we're never going to get it back that the, is a waste of a highlighter
0: a pen in the hand of a writer is stronger than a you, sword no i will hold you can't my be pen. trusted another pen right here got it oh no but e3 was designed to be the platform for video games mm-hmm. finally and that's what the my second note is that Now people are worried about PlayStation not being involved. Give me one of those pens. You
1: can have that
0: one. Thank you. Um, Now, people are mad and, like, worried about E3 because Sony has been a part of E3 since 1995. Mm -hmm. And last year, 2019, was the very first year it skipped. And I would argue that E3 1995 is what pushed PlayStation 1 forward into the future and made it a respectable platform because of steve race and what steve race did was uh, uh tom Kalinski, who was sega
1: mm-hmm.
0: sega um he was sega and he got up to announce the sega saturn i believe and it was announced to be 399 which was astronomical at the time
1: yeah, say, that's a lot for the '90s.
0: that's like $700 dollars. yeah. but then, uh, when PlayStation was about to or when Sony was about to announce the PlayStation, they said, "Now talking about the finances and the price, we have our own Steve Race, who was uh used to be part of Sega., <laughs>
1: that's funny.
0: and Steve Race got up and said, "299." and he went off stage. That's <laughs> all he said. 299 and he walked off stage
1: that's great
0: and that's what really progressed the PlayStation brand I I, I would <laughs> like to argue yeah you know mm-hmm. um now here's now now we defined it here's the thing now since 1995 and I would say that E3 did its job in 1995 it did yeah maybe not immediately but it did. Because CES was pushing aside video games, putting them at the, like the back of the place, An afterthought, and E3 nineteen ninety five arose from the ashes and you know, gave video games an official platform. Yeah. But here's where I like to argue. Since nineteen ninety five to now the year twenty twenty, the way we consume media and news has changed yeah. drastically. Mm-hmm. How would you say it's changed?
1: I mean, for one, we don't have to use we don't have to watch something on TV to find out things. Right. Like I'm assuming the first E3 was on TV. Yeah. So now you stream it on YouTube. It's not on TV, mm-hmm. right? Am I thinking correctly? We stream it on YouTube. Yes,
0: we stream it on YouTube. Yeah. So E3? that's yeah. Yeah, it's on it's on YouTube. It's on like other different platforms. I don't think it's on. Broadcast. But it's not on cable i don't believe so no so there
1: you go Mm -hmm. so that's one thing i mean it's not even on the television anymore yeah unless you have youtube on television i'm not getting into that with you guys though Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um but so even just the way we get e3 in general has changed Mm -hmm. but now other than the fact that we can stream e3 on youtube but we have like Mm -hmm. the sony's updates like the state of plays thank you mm-hmm. the state of plays and, and have, nintendo's
0: saw uh, nintendo directs
1: exactly so we ha- they already have their own platforms to give us updates throughout the year yeah they don't need e3 to give us updates because so, that was the thing like in 95 we didn't have youtube we didn't have
0: we didn't have these immediate news sources like
1: exactly like the only the way. way these companies could give us this information was at e3 mm-hmm. or like in magazines
0: yeah, that's a, that's one point is that like magazines were even a bigger deal I back then. I kind of
1: miss magazines. Honestly. Oh, I do too. I loved my like pop magazine, my tiger bead and like with, with my posters and my boys. Yikes. Yes. But yeah. My- But yeah, like we don't, you, we don't go, like that was their only ways of getting the information to us was E3 and magazines. Mm -hmm. And, but now they can give it to us right away. They have their own YouTube channels to Mm -hmm. give us the information monthly or weekly or whenever they want to give it to us. Even just the
0: Twitter accounts.
1: Yeah, Twitter. They can just say, hey, look, PS5.
0: They can literally just post a picture of the PS5 on Twitter and that's all they need to do.
1: And call it a day. Yeah. They don't have to do anything else. Exactly. And... So I think that's the thing is that E3 is kind of being outsourced by mm-hmm. modern media because, yes, in 95 when it started, it was very necessary because it yeah. was the one time a year that they could visually and, mm-hmm. you know, rev- like show their their stuff, show the games because you can have a screenshot of... A video game in a magazine but you but they could show gameplay of their video games at e3 yeah it was just a better way of presenting it other than in magazines or yeah in magazines basically because you're not going to see gaming news in the newspaper that'd be weird right so that was you know this was like fresh and new in in the 90s but now we're in such a different type of media that e3 they don't have as much to share because they've kind of already shared all their big stuff throughout the year. That E3 is more of like where where the places go to say, and you can get it tonight. Right. That's really all E3 is for. Because if you're not going to release it during E3, then you could have announced it any other time.
0: Mm-hmm. So, and that's yeah. just it. is that like what what E3 was designed to do has uh, ultimately become. What do I want to say um uh I I forget the word I'm trying to look for but it's it's no longer needed in the yeah. way that you're thinking about with the yeah. announcements
1: yeah. and trailers it's and reveals it's not needed to announce and reveal things anymore
0: but here's going into my other note here is that and this is why I wanted uh this certain guest but um the guest wasn't able to make it for our show uh, unfortunately, because they have been to E3 for this very reason. Mm-hmm. Um, the announcements and reveals of E3 isn't all what E3 is about. Yeah. Because ultimately, E3, it's what's called a trade show. Mm-hmm. It's meant to have business interactions. It's meant to yeah. have networking.
1: It's a convention.
0: And I want to read this quote from uh, Sean Layden when he was the head. Um and then why he departed for E3 2019. And he has this to say, uh, the trade show has become a, uh, the trade show became a trade show without a lot of trade activity. The world has changed, but E3 hasn't necessarily changed with it. And with our decision to do fewer games, bigger games, and over longer periods of time, we've got to a point where June 2019 was not the time for us to say a new thing or for us to have a new thing to say.
1: Yeah. And they really didn't have much to put out last year at E3 because they were working on PS5 and PS5 stuff. So they weren't quite ready to share much because it was still in the working stages.
0: I did write a long article. I'm looking through this. It was a
1: very long article. I remember it took me like a few hours because I had to read it between things at work and when I got home. It took me a while.
0: Yeah. But that's the thing is that like... What E3 was supposed to be is a trade show, Mm -hmm. networking, business transactions. Like, it's supposed to be that, not necessarily all about the announcements and reveals. It's supposed to be for the media. Yeah. And what it became is nothing more than just a circus. Yeah. And what PlayStation said is that, like, this is no longer a place where our business needs. Mm -hmm. It's no longer that. But here's the thing is that, like... I don't think E3 is dead because it's not supposed to be relevant to you, the fan, and that's the thing. E3 was meant to be for the business marketing, yeah, and that's the thing is that like, I think a lot of people like me, you, watching probably at home or on your toilet, probably. Um, that's
1: just a delightful image.
0: Yeah, you know, how you doing from the toilet hole? Um, but that's the thing is that like I don't think E3. It's supposed to be relevant Mm -hmm. to me and you. I don't think it's supposed to be like having this argument. Is it relevant to us? It never was supposed to be. Yeah. I think what they're doing is that they're trying so hard to be relevant that they end up hurting the companies that they're supposed to be relevant to.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's just it. They're trying to be like a showcase for us, the fans. Yeah. And they're not really uh, showcasing for the business side. What do you think about that?
1: I think that if E3 were to give up on the announcement part, like the show part that we stream and watch for announcements and things like that. Yeah. And they focused more on being a convention where the companies can come and... Because, you know, like other than the Mm -hmm. shows in the like trade show room area like where the convention is people can test run games and Mm -hmm. play them and if they focused more on that where the companies can still come and they can have people play games that are still a work in progress yeah so they can get the feedback while mm-hmm. People are walking around having a good time and make it more of like a gaming convention,
0: like what PAX
1: is. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they focus more on that, I think it would be fine because then you're drawing people in, you're drawing gamers in by telling them, like, oh, well, you can test, you can, you can, you know, you can play these games that aren't out yet, you can help us figure them out, you're helping the right. industry by being here. And if they did it more like you know they ha- they didn't do just one where we where you'd have to have all the gamers come to like the mm-hmm. middle of this place, but they had a few on each coaster a few in each yeah. area you know
0: well, that's just it like
1: I just I- feel like that would be more beneficial. We Yes, we're losing that medium of coming together. I think that's the thing. is that Everyone thinks of E3. It's like, oh, other than the it's Game It's like Gamer Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's the it one thing at least. that all gamers can come together and watch this. And it almost feels like we're all united in watching E3 and being excited for E3. Mm-hmm. And if we lose that, I feel like everyone feels like we're going to be lost. And that's right. why I think if they did it, more of a convention that is in d- enough areas that most gamers can get to it yeah, easily. Well, that's
0: what PAX does. It packs East and packs West. Yeah. I think there's even a PAX South, if I'm being an idiot right yeah, now. Yeah, if
1: they did something like that where every gamer could s- somewhat easily get to it and go to it, it would be...
0: Yeah, there's a PAX South. Go on. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So... It, I don't know. I feel like if they, I it would stink losing that like togetherness of watching E3. Mm-hmm. But I think if they want to stay relevant, if they want to get more companies and more developers there, mm-hmm. then that might be something they would, they should look into more of becoming more of well, a convention scene.
0: I know that the, that the runners of PAX, which is the uh, Penny Arcade Expo, um, I know the people wanted to like, they offer to run E3 and I think what they're doing at PAX like, is yeah. fantastic because like what you want is that like have different events in different places, not just Los Angeles mm-hmm. because I would love.
1: And you can still do presentations at it. Just, you know, right. they don't need to be on YouTube. It's for there and it's small and short and sweet. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like half panels. Like when we go to long Island retro gaming. Yeah. Like Which is the best convention out it there. Is. it's amazing. Yeah. It's the only reason I'm ever gonna go back to Long Island.
0: We'll be there, by the way. Yes we will. Yeah. August third. August eighth. August eighth. If you want us, <laughs> uh if you want to meet us, August eighth and ninth, we'll be at uh Long Island Retro. Book your tickets now. We haven't yet. well we haven't but yeah
1: (laughs) but yeah so but like when we go to that like it's a convention but there's also panels and i think they should do something more like that maybe not panels but like do the presentations but in that panel style something short nothing like we don't need the hour-long presentations right but like just something more simple something that i don't know
0: now here's the other thing if you keep
1: letting me talk i'm just gonna talk in circles
0: (laughs) i know but that's the thing is that like the other part about e3 that's is kind of a little irrelevant is that there's what you said there's there should be more events but there are so many events i just mm-hmm. looked up PAX and i've totally forgot about these there's uh TwitchCon, there's blizzcon okay let's not talk about blizzcon uh there's gamescom there there's uh um, there's xo19 yeah there's PAX. there's there's the long island retro there's which is so, the greatest convention out there
1: there's so many conventions that can bring us all together and we're just focusing on this one just because it's The oldest one. But if the oldest one isn't willing to come to move on with the times, then it's going to become irrelevant, which is what's happening. You dropped the pen.
0: I have this pen.
1: That's my pen.
0: Too bad. But
1: actually, they're both my pen.
0: But anyways, uh, that's just is that like I believe that E3 is just becoming irrelevant for itself. Now, now, one one thing before I go into my final note here. Um, is that when everybody's worried that E3 is dying just because Sony is leaving, that that's not the case at all. You understand that anybody can take the throne now. Yeah. You understand that. It's not like Twitch where Ninja left and nobody else took the throne. sorry to say, but anybody can. I mean, Mm -hmm. Xbox can easily be the kings of E3 if they wanted to. Nintendo could, even though they don't do it anymore. But that's the thing: is that like other people can just take the throne. Doesn't matter. Xbox is still going. They're still going strong. Yeah, they're now going to be the kings of E3.
1: And they have a console to announce this year too. So
0: yeah, or show
1: off, not announce, but show off. Yeah.
0: But that's the thing: is that like they could easily take the throne. Doesn't matter. I don't think PlayStation is the end all be all for E3. I do think that they were a big platform to have. I think they yeah. did have great shows to offer at each and every E3 that they were part of. But that's the thing. Is that like it doesn't matter if they're not going? Someone else can take the throne.
1: Yeah. But Ubisoft it at one point won. It's up to the people who run E3 to make sure it doesn't go away. Because if they think of PlayStation being the end-all be-all of E3, then it will be. Because they're the Mm -hmm. ones that run it, and if they feel defeated, then it's going to go down.
0: Yeah. But that's the thing. Is that, like, um, what we were saying before is that, like, it's only going to die down if it stays stagnant. And Mm -hmm. I think that's my final note here as, like, the final discussion on this discussion is that Here's the thing that to always remember is that a stagnant business will, with a bold and underlined and italic, whatever you want to put on it, it's little sparkles there. Um, I don't know why I said that with little sparkles. It will Fierce. always die. Mm-hmm. A stagnant business will always fail. It's it's that yeah. those are facts. A stagnant business will always fail and what i mean by that it it will be arisen always it will always like like it will always have its peak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It will always have that rise where you say like it will never die because it's relevant at the time. Uh speaking about this very YouTube channel, right? If we always stay stagnant, like we might hit our peak someday, right? But once we hit our peak and we just stay stagnant, guess what? YouTube channel It will fail. It will ultimately fail. Um, Thinking about other YouTube channels that I've seen in the past, and they just stayed stagnant. They just rode the way they wanted to ride. They're not around. They're not around anymore, and and so will businesses. Businesses that stay stagnant, like E3 is apparently doing. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, here's the other thing is that E3 did say, or they did put on a presentation that will be more of a celebrity event. Better have Aisha Tyler. That's all I'm saying. Um, but that's the thing is that like it's trying to stay relevant, but in the wrong way.
1: Yeah, I don't think it I, I think making it a celebrity event is just the wrong way to go.
0: Yeah, they, they want LeBron James there. They want
1: like that's That's not doing anything for gamers. We can see celebrities at like the thousand award shows for celebrities. Yeah. We don't... We That's not what we come to E3 for, for celebrities. We come for the gaming culture. Yeah. Not celebrities who have been in one game.
0: Yeah. I wish I knew which one we uh, reported that on. Because it was kind of pathetic what they were doing. Uh, because they're also trying to say that... Um, so many show notes here. Um... <laughs> They were also trying to say that like, oh, you know, we need to put on this spectacle of different uh, social climates and and put on the climate control because the young people love climate control and they weren't really believing in the cause. Yeah. But let me wrap this up a little bit. E3 is trying to evolve in the wrong way, but they're not trying to evolve organically. They're Mm -hmm. not sitting down as a business model and saying that like, what is trending right now what yeah. is working how can i how can i do this how can i bring in the people from pax and understand how a uh gaming how a gaming convention is run when when can we pull in ryan from long island gaming retro and pull them in and say hey ryan how are you pulling off the greatest retro gaming convention of all time i, I am brown i don't
1: know how he does that
0: he, he he does a fantastic job
1: he does and he runs around like a chicken with his head cut off every, yeah. every year
0: <laughs> yeah but that's the thing is that like they're not bringing in other people they're just trying to you know pat themselves on the back mm-hmm. and saying like what we're doing is fine yeah, bring do, in lebron james
1: yeah we're doing a great job we don't need to fix anything we're, we're doing good
0: so i will say this that e3 2020 will be the last if it doesn't evolve
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: If it continues to try to pander to the public, try to pander to Gen Z with this whole culture, um, cause, it's all building up white noise. They don't actually believe in what they're actually putting into.
1: Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I do think that some developers, some of the companies will pull out, but I think the biggest thing they'll lose is viewers.
0: And that's the thing.
1: Like even the Game Awards, we were saying, like, I'm getting tired of watching that Mm because they need to fix their stuff, too. So like E3, if you don't fix what you're putting out, what we have to watch, Mm -hmm. we're going to just stop watching.
0: Yeah. Now, wrapping this whole conversation up, going back to our first point into defining it, what was E3 originally designed to do? Uh, Get your pencils out. It's pop quiz time Write in the comments down below. What was E3 designed to do? what's that oh you didn't write your comments uh fast enough well i'm gonna tell you anyway e3 1995 was there to push the video game business mm-hmm. forward to make it more stable to make yeah. it more legitimized that's what e3 1995 was meant to do and that's what its vision was and it succeeded yeah it did its very job very well but Right now the video game industry is legitimized. It's making more money yeah. than the movie industry.
1: And we don't need E3 to get video game news anymore.
0: And what it needs to do is go back to what it used to be was to be, let's say it together now, a trade show. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be for the businesses. It's meant to be for the developers. It's meant to be like GDC, the gaming de- Oh no, did I say it wrong? Gaming Developers Convention? Oh, no, let's let's fact check Adam before he says something stupid. Game developers conference.
1: conference. Oh,
0: oh Adam was about to be an idiot. Oh, anyways, uh, game developers <laughs> uh, conference. There you go. Right. And that's the thing is that like it's meant to be a trade show to make networking plans to run your business. That's what it's meant to do. Mm hmm. And I think Pax is more in line with what we want mm-hmm. to stay relevant. It's 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 meant to be a touring around the globe, uh, around the nation, I should say, around the nation, uh, kind of events. Yeah, Long Island Retro is supposed to be getting us together, playing retro games, uh, laughing our heads off, l- watching playable characters. Uh, podcast live.
1: Oh my gosh,
0: that was um, soon to be, you'll be watching us on a stage. I don't know, but that'd be great. But that's the thing is that like E3 is it should be what it's meant to be, it shouldn't be another PAX, it should mm-hmm. be there to help businesses, journalists, all that. Mm-hmm. Now, is that relevant today? That's for debates, but I think we can wrap that conversation there. Yeah, just to say that what was it designed to do and what is it now it's pandering it's it's just pandering to the audience that it's irrelevant to mm-hmm. we get our announcements from other things and we're going to talk about this on our midweek speak for with, with some of your answers so definitely write it in the comments down below um but yeah i anything else before we wrap up no it's bedtime I think we can wrap it up there. Yeah. Um, again, uh, we might be talking out of our uh, keisters right now. <laughs> like I said, I, I tried to get a guest that actually went to E3, but that, those plans didn't uh, go through. So apologies there. I did want to get a guest to actually like fact check us who has actually been there. So sorry about that.
1: But maybe next are, time.
0: Maybe next time. Uh, but for now we are talking out of our keysters for mentioned. But anything else before I close out? Nope. Cool. All right. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, or if you enjoyed the gaming news, or even our uh, little talk about the Irishman, definitely give it a like and a share uh, on YouTube so that it does help out the channel. It does tell YouTube YouTube algorithms to so like. Hey, cool. People like this. And if you share it, you're like, oh, cool. People share this. They want they want to share this around. It does help out the channel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you haven't already, definitely hit that subscribe button. Definitely hit that notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out. Uh, and if you're listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, definitely hit that subscribe or follow button to know when all these uh, come out. And definitely give us a rating or a review. Uh, and with all that said and done, you can follow us on social media at Twitter or Twitter at Gaming Groceries. I'm at Ace the Grocer
1: and I'm at Journey First.
0: So you can follow us on social media there and definitely check out the website gamesgroceries.com. And uh yeah. Let's yeah. La- let's leave it there. We thank you for uh coming out this week. We hope you have a safe week. Have a good week. Bye.